Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Well, um, thank you for being here. You could have been anywhere else. Um, if this is your first time or your 50th or 100th or 1,000th time, welcome to the Gap Church, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth, whether you're joining us online or in person. Thank you for coming here. And um, we are excited. Um, we're excited because uh, we are alive, right? We are excited because... Uh, we are alive to see another day, and we thank God. Um, but we're also excited because of, um, you know, it's conference season. Amen? Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Um, but, yeah, we'll talk about that later. I'm sure uh, there's already been some prayer, and obviously some of the announcements have already hinted to it. Um, but we've been saying this for a long time. Conference is here. So um, we thank God. It's coming very quickly. And so tap in, tap in, tap in, tap in. Um, you're not going to want to miss it. Trust me. So um, let me not uh, waste too much time. So um, I'm going to get straight into today. Uh, who was here last week? Cool, cool, cool. So um, if you were here, you were able to watch the last week's service. So we spoke about um, from glory to glory. I want to do a quick recap real quick before I get into today. And, of course, we spoke about some different things. We spoke about the old glory, right? We talked about the, we talked about the new glory, and we talked about what happens in the new glory. We, what, we reflect the glory of God. But not only do we reflect it, we what? We become the glory. And so, obviously, as we become the glory, um, the scripture says that we are transformed in ever, um, in ever uh, increasing, uh, increasing brightness or ever increasing glory um, into the image um, that God has for us. And so, um, today, um, obviously, I ended on a cliff, uh, what do they call it, a cliffhanger? Yeah, cliffhanger. I said that, uh, you know, it's, it's impossible to just uh, talk about um, the importance of reflecting the glory of God and also to become the glory. But also we must talk about the what? The price that it takes to be transfigured, right? And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about, of course, today. But I'll give you the title as we go on. And so let's open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18. So I can kind of give you guys the context from last week again. Um, it says, now the Lord in this passage is the spirit, and when the spirit of the Lord is present, there is freedom. Verse 18, all of us then reflect the glory of the Lord with uncovered faces, and that same glory coming from the Lord, who is the spirit, transforms us into his likeness in an ever degree of glory. Bless the reading of God's word. Can we put that in the message translation as well? There's something I'm looking for. Cool, cool, cool. So perfect. Um, let me see. I'm going to read from... Let me see, what do I want to read from? Uh, let's go to the next verse that you guys have there. Okay. Nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured much like Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. And so today's message, the, the title of today's message is The Price Went Up. The price went up. Can you pay the price to be transformed? I believe we can. Amen? And so, like I said last week, many of us, or as we come into a relationship with Jesus, we come into faith as we are now given this task to what? To reflect his glory and be transfigured into his glory. We have to understand that things are going to um, be against us. There's a price that we have to pay when it comes to looking to God. We see this um, in Scripture even when we look at the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had to pay a immense price, not just necessarily in his lifestyle, but of course on the cross, right? And so we see that with everyone that is called by God, with everyone that is following God, there's always a pr- price that has to be paid, right? If you, if you don't know that, now you know. 
Um, if you want to say, well, uh, Dara, Moses, uh, um, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, David, Saul, that's all Old Testament. Okay, we can go to the New Testament. We can start off with Jesus, right? Then we can go to what? Paul. We can go to Peter. We can go to the disciples. We can go to uh, Stephen. We can go to so many different people. The thing is that when you are following Christ, when you are being transfigured, when you're being transformed, you have to pay a price. It's the same thing. If you want to be completely in the world, if you want to be completely in darkness, you're going to still have to pay a price. Everyone has to pay a price, whether for God or for evil. So, 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 so you have to understand that there is no, if, you, if you're just finding out now that you have to pay a price when it comes to following uh, Jesus Christ and being transfigured, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, you know, everyone has to pay a price, whether you're in faith or you're not in faith. And so what are the prices we have to pay? Because I believe all of us should be able to pay these prices. But I want us to at least have an acknowledgement of some of the, some of the things that I've noticed and some of the things that I believe that even in our culture that we're going to have to understand. Because a lot of us may think like, you know, some of the things in the Bible are very dated and, 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 and trust me, they still apply. The Bible is the Bible. Yesterday, today, and forevermore, that is God and God's word it stands for him. Amen? Amen? So number one, the first price you have to pay is the price of your past. The price of your past. The price of your past. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 15, or, or sorry, Matthew 13, 53 to 57. Matthew 13, 53 to 57. It says, many of us know the scripture as well. When Jesus finished telling these parables, he left that place, 54, and went back to his hometown. He taught in the synagogue, and those who heard him were amazed. Where did he get such wisdom, they asked, and what about his miracles, 55? Isn't he the carpenter's son? Isn't Mary his mother? And aren't James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas his brothers? 56. Aren't all his sisters living here? Where did he get all this? 57. And they rejected Jesus, and so they rejected him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is respected everywhere except in his hometown and by his own family. Okay, many of us know the scripture when it comes to honor, right? But I want you to understand that whenever you are making this walk with Christ and whenever you are uh, uh, reflecting his glory, obviously you're being changed, you have to understand you have to pay the price of your past. There's going to be people that are going to always remember or remind you of how you used to look like, how you used to be. What you used to do. Some people will even disqualify your credentials. Even in your workplace. You can be a CEO and they can be like, oh, Latana, wow, okay, big guy. Since when? Some people will try and disqualify your credentials. Some people will look at you and be like, there's no way that this is the same person that was out here partying and smoking and drinking. That's who you are. You're not this person. The moment you start to evangelize, or maybe you're more vocal on your social media before, and maybe there were some pictures before of you in, in uh, sagging and wearing all types of clothing, some people would be like, when did you change? Who are you to talk? And, and if you're not careful, the more you let in these voices that remind you of your past, the more you'll be discouraged to look towards Jesus, and the more you'll be discouraged to continue to follow you must pay the price of your past. I'll go even further. There's some seeds, there's some things that you've done in your past that are so bad. And there's going to be people that are going to remind you of them. For some people, there's some people that before they became a Christian, they had a child. And now they're, now they're in faith. 
the baby mama or the baby daddy, oh, this is your kid. I'm going to be real. There's going to be things that you've done in your past, people that you've slept with, people that you used to smoke with, people that you used to drink with, that are going to come to you and tell you, this is not who you're supposed to be. You don't get to be this person. You don't get to be transformed. You don't get to be married. You don't get to be in a happy life. So you must pay that price. Of course, in Scripture, we see that Jesus is is in his hometown, and, and he's being reminded, oh, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this the person that used to run around, goo-goo gagaing all around? I know his brothers. I know his sisters. Who does he think he is being used by God? Who does he think he is? And so it's important to understand that part of this price is understanding that you don't run away from your past. You just run towards God. Many of us, since we've become a Christian, we've been running away from our past. But you've got it wrong. The more you continue to look at God, you're going to realize that you're walking away from it gradually. So do not make your motivations for running be your past. Scripture says this, Philippians 3.12, Philippians 3.12. Paul was speaking about this. And many of us will know the story of Paul. Paul was someone who murdered Christians. Paul was someone who, who, who did not believe in any of that stuff. Paul was super against the, the Christians. And so Paul is saying that, I, I understand. Can we open that scripture? Philippians 3, 12 to 15. Philippians 3, 12 to 15. Paul is looking and he's saying that there's a past that I have. There's a past that I have. I'll read it here. He says that, I do not claim that I have already succeeded or I have already become perfect. I keep striving to win the prize for which Christ Jesus has already won me to himself. Of course, my friends, I really do not think that I've already won it. Here's the thing he says. The one thing I do, the one thing I do, however, is to forget what is behind me and do my best to reach what is ahead. So I run straight towards the goal in order to win the prize. So you have to understand this. Paul is saying that the one thing he does is that he forgets what it looked like before. He forgets. He's not saying that I don't want to acknowledge who I used to be. He's going to acknowledge it. But he's saying that I'm going to forget what that past looked like. I'm going to forget it. And I'm going to run towards the goal. I'm going to still seek God because this is the price that you have to pay when it comes to your past. Number two, the second price that you have to pay is the price of humility. The price of humility. See, the price of humility is very important because even as we have the visual last week, Sunday, we see that when we reflect the glory of God, people will see the reflection, right? And so it's important to understand, like I said last week, we are not God. We are not God. Scripture says, that Abraham, scripture says that Moses would go into the tent and meet with God, and he would come out with a glow on his face. And what would happen? He would reveal to the people what God told him. And so we have to understand that in situations, when we begin to reflect the glory of God, we are going to look like God. But we're not God. We're going to have to say some things from God, but we're still not God. 
God is going to ask us to do some things, but we are not God. God is going to manifest himself through us, but we are not. We aren't God. Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Because this is something that we see in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the human God in human form. Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Cool, I'll read it here. The attitude you should have is the one that Christ Jesus had. It says, he always had the nature of God, but he did not think that by force he should try to remain equal with God. Verse 7 says this, verse 7. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And being found, there we go. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name. We can stop there. You see, Jesus Christ, God in human form, humbled himself. The human form of God had to humble himself. How much more, us being the reflection of God, do we need to humble ourselves? Because here's the thing. You may have the power. You may know how to prophesy. That's amazing. CEO, know how to prophesy. That's powerful. But you got to shut up. got to shut up. You may have the... The, the, the gift of knowledge and some coworkers doing something crazy, but you got to be quiet. Not that if you know who, if you knew who I am, if you knew who was backing me, if you knew who was behind me, we must be humble. Ezekiel 28, 17, I don't think I gave this to the music, I don't know if I did, but what the scripture says is that it says, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they may gaze at you. This is so important because in Scripture it says when we reflect the glory of God, we are becoming beautiful as he is. It says you became too proud because of your beauty. So we have to be careful and be humble and pay that price because the thing is that the more we turn to God, the more we reflect and we're transfigured into the image that he wants us to be, we are going to become beautiful. Inside and out. And so if we're not careful, it says, you became too proud because of your beauty, because of what, of your reflection of me. What do you think happened to Satan? Satan thought he was it. You wasn't it. God was just flowing through you. You became too proud of because of your beauty. Number three, the third price you have to pay is the price of suffering. Many of us know this one. <laughs> the price of suffering. This is the price of suffering. And, and this one is obviously like very, very easy. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 to 12. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 to 12. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 to 12. <clears throat> Let me see. I think a lot of us may actually know the scripture as well. I'll read from, uh, I think they're still going, but I'll start reading. The God who said, out of darkness light shall shine, is the same God who made his light shine in our hearts 
to bring us the knowledge of God's glory shining in the face of Jesus Christ. Let's go to 8. It says, we are often troubled. Many of us know this scripture. We are often troubled but not crushed. Sometimes in doubt but never in despair. There are many enemies but we are never without a friend. And though badly hurt at times, we are not destroyed. Verse 10. At all times, we carry in our mortal bodies the death of Jesus so that his life also may be seen in our bodies. Verse 11. Throughout our lives, we are always in danger for Jesus' sake. In order that his life may be seen in our mortal bodies of ours. Verse 12. This means that death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. You're going to be tested time and time and time on if you can continue to reflect God's glory. If you can continue to look at him. There's going to be things over and over testing you. There's going to be so many things thrown at you. Why is it the moment that you want to become serious about your faith? Everything starts going down. I mean, you had the honeymoon period. You gave your life to Christ and then everything was good. Now you're three years down, and it's almost like God chose me as his soldiers. I'm the one that he chose. Because here's the thing. You're going to be tested if, you're going to, if you are going to be able to continue to look at God throughout whatever it is. Financial troubles, friendships backstabbing you, being fired, whatever the, make, the case may be. You are going to be tested if you can stand firm and continue to look towards God. Some of us may not understand that it's not always going to be a spiritual attack. It's not always going to be a a mental attack. It can even be physical. He'll come for your legs. He'll come for your stomach. A huge gut-punching wrench. But you have to continue to look at him. At times, it may be so unfair. But this is what it takes to continue to be transfigured. We look at the story of Joseph. When you look at the story of Joseph, it makes no sense. Thrown into prison because of a lie. It doesn't make sense. And after many years, one of the uh, the people in prison that was there went out and he said, remember me. And I think it was like almost like 10 or 12 years later, that's when he remembered him. It makes no sense. But when it comes to being a follower of Christ, when it comes to following God, when it comes to standing and and reflecting his glory and being transfigured, you have to understand things are going to not always work in your way. Stop always thinking, I I know, I know, I know that there's blessings that come with this walk. I know that there's blessings and there's beauty that comes with being transfigured. But understand, you are a target. So there's going to be things trying to make sure that your gaze gets off of Jesus Christ. Number four, the fourth price that you have to pay is the price of FOMO, fear of missing God. This is for our generation right here. The battle for your sight, fear of missing out. You see, the scripture in in, uh, in, in Corinthians says that if you turn to the Lord, that's, that's the first thing. You have to turn to the Lord. A physical change. Turn to the Lord and look towards God, and we begin to reflect his glory. So here's the thing. You are always going to be attacked on what you're looking at. We are in a generation that is all about FOMO. Come here. Do this. Come over. Watch this. Listen to this. 
And if you're not careful, if God is here and I'm supposed to be reflecting his glory, there's going to be things all around me saying, do this, do that. And they're trying to make sure that I stop looking and turn to them. I'm glad I don't get invited to stuff. I'm glad. Oh, yeah, this is crazy. I said, that's good. Thank God that you went there. That's great. I'm glad. You're making my life easier. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Anything I go to, I was supposed to be there. But our generation is always on, let me come here. Let me go there. I'm sorry, I've heard too many stories, and I'm going to just be very practical. Too many stories of people that were not supposed to be in places, and their life ended there. You don't know that things are fighting for your attention. If we are supposed to be turned to God, if it says turn to the Lord, the thing is that the enemy's plan is to make sure what? That you turn away. Away, because when you turn to the Lord, you begin to reflect his glory. So the more you are turned somewhere else, the more your attention is somewhere else, that is where you start to see that no longer are you reflecting his glory. And number five, I don't want to take too much time. The next price you have to pay is the price of fear. This is such a huge one. Many of us don't know this, but this is a huge one. The price of fear, to be called and transformed. What do you fear the most? There's an excellent sermon um, that my brother uh, Toby Sanusi preached last year. I went to their conference. And, man, I think he spoke about fear. And I'm telling you, it changed my life. Um, because when you really look at the, 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 the word fear, when you really look at fear in your life, me, I thought I was fearless. Me, I'm about it. I'm about it. But the thing is that, Fear, when it comes to our generation, we have not really looked at it, like, deep enough. Fear, when it comes to being transfigured, fear, when it comes to saying yes, if we really look at it, we'll realize that what is stopping us from, from really stepping into what God's called us to, what is st stopping us from really being transfigured is our fear. Exodus 3.11, Exodus 3.11, love this scripture because we see this with everyone that is called by God Exodus 3.11, this is uh, Moses speaking to God. This is Moses at the burning bush, and he says to God, he says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the people of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? How many of us have told that God, to God? Who am I, God? Right? <laughs> who am I? Who am I? Why me? Like, and they all be praying more, so <laughs> this person be, they can sing better. Who am I? I don't, I'm not even good at math. <laughs> Who am I? If we don't diagnose this symptom of fear within our lives, I'm telling you, it will mess us up. Because the thing about fear is this. I was talking to someone recently, and I said to them that when you really deep it and look at it, you don't want to say yes because you're afraid of what people will say. You don't want to say yes because you're afraid of how you're going to look. You don't want to say yes because of your past. Everything that we're talking about comes down to fear. It could also be pride as well, but that's another issue. But fear, many times, is what will stop you from really being transfigured. Like I said, the fear of not knowing what you're going to look like after you're transformed. 
Many of us are, 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 are micromanagers, are control freaks. And we are now told that we have to reflect God's glory and we're going to be transformed into an image, but we don't know what the image is going to look like. That already causes some fear in people's minds. The fact that we're going to have to lose friends. The fact that our families may even part ways with us. I know you have loving family and friends, and I understand that, but I want you to understand that if you really look into it, it's fair. I don't want to be called the Jesus girl. I don't want to post on social media. I don't want to be the person in, in, in the break room talking about God. I don't want to be that person. In turn, you're really just saying, I don't want to reflect his glory. That's what you're saying. I don't want to start that Bible study because they're going to think I'm, I'm spiritual. For some people, I don't want to proclaim this so loud because then there's a responsibility of me having to tell my story. I don't want to have to go that deep into this because the reality is that people are going to start saying to me, hey, so I heard you say this. Can you pray for me? The price of fear. I don't want to have to go that route because I'm going to have to start fasting more. I'm going to have to start praying more. And I'm fine where I'm at. I'm not where I used to be. That's another price, the price of contentment. Just being okay with where you are in life. Because I'm not where I used to be. I'm not sleeping around anymore. I'm not going to parties anymore. My girlfriend and I aren't having sex anymore. There isn't a baby yet. So I'm good. I'm good because I used to be worse. But scripture says where to go from what? From glory to glory, increasing in splendor. So where you think you are is not even where you're supposed to be. And the beauty with all this that I say, all these prices that we have to pay, the consolidation of this is 2 Corinthians 5, 5 to 7. 2 Corinthians 5, 5 to 7. Because with all these prices that we have to pay and all these things that we have to do when it comes to being transfigured, we must know that there has to be something God has given us. Here, God is the one who has prepared us for what? This change. And he gave us his spirit as the guarantee of all that he has in store for us. Isn't that good? So we are always full of courage. We know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord's home, right? Verse 7. For our life is a matter of what? Faith and not of sight. You have everything you need. As I was preparing for this message, many of us, we know Holy Spirit to be the one that fills, up, fills us up. We know Holy Spirit as the one that we can speak in the language. But we have to remember that Holy Spirit is our helper, right? And he's also our, what? our comforter. Comforter. He, he comforts us. And he helps us. Everything you need is already inside of you. Everything that you need to be fully transfigured is already inside of you. So what are you waiting on? It's already inside of you. Let's bow our heads right now and close our eyes. Simple prayer. Holy Spirit, help me. Simple prayer. 
Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. Everything you need is already inside of you. The moment you gave your life to Christ, you were given the gift of salvation. You were given the gift of his spirit. The spirit is not just there just to come out when you want to speak in tongues. The spirit is not just there to come out when you want to have a revelation. The spirit is there to help you, to comfort you. God is the one who has prepared you for this change, and he gave you the spirit as a guarantee of all that he has in store for you. So everything you need to be transformed, everything you need to pay the price, everything you need is already inside of you. So Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. And even as our heads are bowed right now, we want to give this opportunity for those that are online or here in person to come into relationship with God. I said the scripture last week, the scripture says that you must turn to the Lord. And so this is the time that you must turn to the Lord. Whether you have turned before and you looked away, you can come back. Or maybe you haven't turned to him before. Well, you can come back into relationship with him. And you can come into relationship with him. And I want us to say this prayer together. And if that is you and you know that is yourself, whether online or in person, I want you to say this prayer and say it as a personal declaration to God right now. And so let's say this together. Lord Jesus, come into my heart as I accept you today. Help me to know you better. Take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change into the person that you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's keep our heads bowed. Whether you're online and you said that prayer, I want you to text say to the number that's going to pop up. But you're in, if you're in this room, I don't want you to hold back. Don't let the fear get to you. Don't let the nerves get to you. You know that you made that declaration and you really meant it, that you want to turn back to God or you want to turn to him for the first time. And so just even as we have our heads bowed, if that is you, I just want you to raise up your hand right now and I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right now, whether online or in person. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you, God, for your children, Lord, that are coming into salvation with you. God, we want to say thank you, Heavenly Father, God, for this gift, Lord. We know, Heavenly Father, that we are to turn to you, God, and we are to come into relationship and we are able to reflect your glory. So, Heavenly Father, as there's people that are making this decision, whether they're watching this online, whether they're here in person, or maybe they're even listening to this podcast or watching this later, maybe a week or two from now, God, I just pray, Heavenly Father, God, that you begin to manifest yourself to them, God. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that your spirit comfort them lead them, guide them, Heavenly Father. We pray that every voice of shame, every voice of their past, every voice that tries to keep them uh, back and take them back, Heavenly Father, we silence those voices, God. We pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, even as we are all tasked to become and to reflect your glory, Heavenly Father, help us. Help us, Holy Spirit, God. Help us to pay these prices, Lord. And we pray, Heavenly Father, at the end, let the only things we hear is, well done, my good and faithful servant. God, we say thank you once again. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. 
Amen. Can we just make some noise for God, our Heavenly Father? He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He gave us his spirit. We are not left alone. We are encouraged because we know that we are not alone. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Again, text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.